0: This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and sitting across from me, Father Andrew Dickinson. Hi, Father. Hi. Good to see you, Father. Good to see you. Good to hear you clearly. that uh 28 kilobyte uh, connection yeah byte not kilobytes we i think it's just bytes yeah, yeah so uh again this is uh, for, for uh, somebody who's just maybe um, I don't know, trolling through podcasts or flipping the dial on the radio. Uh, this is a, a podcast, as I mentioned, at the beginning for the new evangelization, um, and and it's a show. We, we've got a topic that we're going to talk about today, as we always do. We figure something out, Father. Um, but but just a reminder to listeners: we uh, say this every time. Um, first of all, you can find past episodes of our show online at the Dassuson website. That's www.sfcatholic.org under Media and then Audio. You'll find um, all the past episodes, uh, at least since Father and I started doing this. In their glory. And even before. You did this before me? Even before, Father. There was a A B-A-D.
1: And they were bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they've gotten so much better since then. From Uh, bad to worse. (laughs) So uh, in addition to that, if you like to uh, complain about the show or ask any questions or ideas Dr. E- ideas for future episodes, topics you'd like us to discuss, questions you would like us to answer, yes, email me. Uh, the email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org.
1: I just feel like I need to apologize. Cause you said we come up with topics and it feels like I'm always the one who comes up with topics. And so if I'm ever like ram riding a topic and like uh, pushing it through, I apologize.
0: Okay. Um, your feelings don't really, you know, we don't go by feelings here on ignition. So if you, if you feel that way, that doesn't mean it's true. I just want to make sure I'm just covering my bases. All right, I understand. No, I, I have been uh, going. I've been going to Father lately. I've, I've, but yeah, for lately, I have been. I got nothing, Father. Last week, no, no, two weeks ago, I had whatever we talked about then,
1: <laughs> which was very. Look memorable. it up. Look, which up. Is Look it memorable. up. It was very memorable.
0: The Saints, Saint okay. uh, John Paul yes, II yes, and yes. Saint John the Twenty Third. But we're we're going to move beyond our uh, past episodes.
1: Let's live in the now
0: and live in the now. Which, so and this actually, based we go episode going to on. So last week father and I talked about um, uh, the renewal of baptismal <laughs> professionalism at its best folks. Um, we talked about the renewal of baptismal promises at uh, that that we do at Easter, the Easter vigil or Easter Easter Sunday morning and and we we talked about how we seek to to, to live out that spirituality of our baptism, in a particular way during Easter season. Of course, we can. We, we ought to do this all the time, but we, we focused on the Easter season.
1: You're never unbaptized.
0: Week. Never unb- Can't unbaptize yourself. Nope. Impossible. Um, which is actually, I think a lot of people might not realize that, that you can't, once you, there's there's a, a, a character, is the theological word, a mark that's made on your soul, so to speak, uh, that is uh, permanent. You cannot erase it. A stamp. The stamp, so just uh, like that
1: bad tattoo you got when you're freshman year of college.
0: Exactly. Well, they so, can. Even, well, even more permanent than that. Actually,
1: you can't remove those yeah, with lasers. Yeah,
0: and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No lasers will uh, remove the character of baptism.
1: It's irreversible, like your sweater.
0: Yes. <laughs> So so, so we're always baptized, living that out. But this week, we'll, and, and, and we could talk a lot about what baptism is. It's, it's the gateway to the other sacraments, the first sacrament. Um, and, and there's a lot of directions we could go. But Father um, ha, had a particular direction that he proposed we go with this episode. So I'm going to turn it over once again to him to take the lead. So I pass the baton to you.
1: And I hope I don't fumble it. Yes. Yes. So with our baptism, there's uh, identities that we have. Baptism overall, the identity is that we're being conformed to Christ. That's part of our whole name as Christians, as we are to be little Christ, imitators of Christ. And baptism actually forms us after Christ. That's part of that mark that we talk about. Uh, that, that Dr. Bergwald mentioned for us, and so we're going to talk about three specific aspects of that Christian identity that comes through baptism, which is that of a priestly, prophetic, and royal office in uh, in the Christian life. Uh, there's a there's a little spot in if you've been at a baptism, you hear there's a little after baptism anointing with chrism oil, and there's mention of those three offices: the priestly, prophetic, and royal office. And we want to just dive into those three things today and how, if we want to have Christian joy, Easter joy, it's about living our baptized life. It's about living the victory of Jesus Christ and the fruit of his victory, which is the Holy Spirit, which is to enable us to live the very life of Christ. And so if we want to have Easter joy, Christian joy, we need to be living this Christian life and pay attention to what that means.
0: So this this is another way where we talked about last week of living out our baptism, the yes. baptismal call, the graces of baptism. That's uh, another way we can look at l- what that means to live it out.
1: Which goes back to the point of Lent was p- to prepare us for Easter, for baptismal promises, to come back to, and then to live, Easter all year round, in a sense.
0: Right. So actually, just a question for you, Father, because I think you know you and I were, it's something I've talked before, I think, about the curse of knowledge. You know, we, we become aware of something and then we forget what it's like. So you use the term offices. What is, you know, we're sitting in an office, we're in an office building. What does that mean in this context? How how do you explain that?
1: So office in the sense of title or roles or responsibilities. So think of an officer. So the offices are like being an officer. And so uh, Christ himself lives as priest, prophet, and king, and and lives out those things which come from uh, the Old Testament kings. Right. Uh, David himself had priestly duties. David himself had uh, prophetic duties uh, and roles, and David himself had a kingly role in that regard. Okay. And so the, uh, Christ Himself lives those, and then we ourselves are called to live those in our own Christian way.
0: Okay. So, so role is is a good analogy, as you say. Right, or officer. Officer. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So responsibility. So, we want to get into this priestly, prophetic, and kingly. Office.
0: So there's all there's all aspects of who Jesus Christ is, was, and is, and we're joined to him by our baptism, and so insofar as we're joined to him, we take on these offices as well. Right. Okay.
1: And so our ability to live and 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 in the church, there's different participations in these offices. So uh, a bishop, a priest, the pope. Uh, the magisterium as a whole live out some of these offices a different way, but each and every baptized has a share in these three offices and is called to live them. Each
0: and every baptized. Each and every. Every one of us. Everyone. Okay. Except for our producer. Okay. <laughs> no, but everyone, even him. Even him. Even him. Even him, Tim.
1: So, so that that would be kind of the avenue or the or the way that we we'd want to think about this this okay. aspect of our of our Christian faith.
0: So maybe a way to begin is what they don't mean. So priest, prophet, and king, what don't they mean for us? Right. And uh, I was thinking about this. I was preparing to talk f- uh, for some other
1: people on uh, evangelization, and I was thinking over these things, and I found myself really kind of locked into maybe a uh, sh- material or physical imagining of these offices. And so when I would imagine the priestly or the prophetic or the kingly office, it was limited to just kind of a the things you can see, touch, taste, smell here. Okay, sure. And so that's what uh, we want to try and uh, get rid of, go around and, and develop something beyond, the, to develop a spiritual understanding of these offices, not just the the, the tangible, physical understanding.
0: So to, to clarify what it isn't then, so what, when you said tangible, physical, so talk more about what you what, what we were initially imagining. Yep, so
1: a like a tangible conception of Priestly office would be like wearing vestments on an altar or doing some sort of physical action of sacrificing or uh, prophetic to be on a street corner wearing a sandwich board, you know, uh, yelling things or...
0: Bruce Willis, Die Hard 3.
1: Well, that is a obscure reference. Okay, I and mean, go ahead. It's not even called Die Hard 3, is it? I, die Harder,
0: it was. Die Harder. Okay.
1: And then uh, there is... Uh, the the kingly office where we think most of it like ruling uh being a king being in charge right. being in command right okay and so those we want to move away from those and move to more the spiritual conception because jesus himself held no earthly scepter right uh jesus himself uh so we want to try and get to more of the spiritual understanding which is our call to imitate his spirit
0: i think what i think of too with that um Especially, I think priestly. We're, You know, so I, Tim, our producer, and I, we're both bapt- we're we're both laymen, um, we're baptized, so we're joined to Christ as priest. But obviously, the church the, the teaches the way that you live out as, as an ordained priest. It's a, it's not a different kind of degree. It's a different kind of exercising of the the priesthood of jesus christ but when we when we the average catholic thinks a priest they think of guys like you yeah yeah. um and and what you said it's not it's not that that physical conception as you said of uh vestments and so actions and
1: rest but more to the the spiritual postures of the heart So what does that
0: mean, spiritual postures of the heart?
1: Good question. So if we want to think about our our priesthood, our baptized priesthood, and the idea of spiritual sacrifice in union with the one sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. Okay. So... uh, and then if we want to think about our uh, our prophetic office as a discernment uh, or understanding of the teachings of our own age, day and age, and measuring them, weighing them against the teachings of Christ okay. and to reject which is not compatible with him and to and to keep that which is and, and conform that which isn't to, uh, to Christ's own teaching. Okay. And our kingly office in uh, a governing of ourselves, a shepherding of our own soul, according to uh, Christian teaching and attentiveness to uh, those around us, and, and how to aid and help them, and whoever God has by His providence put into our path.
0: Okay, so so do you what's the what's the best way to go about this? You want to break down each one of them individually, or is there more overall to say about this spiritual posture of the heart? To use that for that phrase again, or
1: well, I, I, maybe one other thing about overall in this sense would be to think that of, uh, of cultivating spiritual goods, spiritual realities in our hearts. Uh, working with couples preparing for marriage, uh, there's a, a question in their inventory that says, there's some qualities of my future spouse that I do not respect. Mm-hmm. Right, And thankfully, most of every couple says no, that that's not the case and there's nothing that they don't respect. And so I usually ask the couples, okay, what's one quality of your future spouse that you really respect? some quality, some aspect of their person that makes you want to be a better uh, man, a better woman. And it's always interesting to hear their answers and hear them think about things. And I'll usually say, when's the last time you said that to each other? Uh, Ah, no. But do you think you compliment one another? Well, yeah, we compliment one another a lot, but it's, hey, that's a nice outfit, or wow, you cooked a good meal, or things like that. Um, But these spiritual realities of generosity – uh perseverance um those are a lot of the answers that i see devotedness uh piety uh justice and th- th- these are spiritual qualities which can't just be seen so much but are necessary need to be actively cultivated in our human and christian life
0: and again it's something that i mean it will manifest itself but it begins in the heart begins in the interior life
1: right thinking of the uh like a seed planted but you don't really see it until The mustard seed until it grows and then it'll be larger and so um there's there's an old phrase i don't remember uh which author comes from but uh if you sow a thought you reap an act if you sow an act uh you reap a habit if you sow a habit you reap a character if you sow a character you reap a destiny right and so just trying to like with the married couples bring their attention to hey encourage one another in the development of these spiritual qualities and pay attention to them, not just the material things you see. So in the same way of our Christian life, to be attentive to and cultivating of these spiritual qualities uh, and not just of uh, the exterior aspects. Okay.
0: And this is, again, something that we're all called to do. This isn't just, you know, well, you know, if if you want to be a really serious, this is something we're all called to do.
1: And this is also the path of joy.
0: Right, right.
1: I'm thinking, uh, as we've been talking, I've been thinking of Philippians chapter 2, when St. Paul says, have amongst yourselves the same attitude uh, uh, as Jesus Christ. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being found human in appearance. And it goes on the great hymn of of Christ's humility. Right. So that whole idea of taking on yourself the attitude of Christ. Okay. Uh, we're also thinking of there's the line at the conclusion of this litany of the sacred heart sacred heart of Jesus make my heart like unto thine
0: right right
1: so when we're talking about this and we go into these three offices and the remaining of uh, of this uh, of this broadcast this idea of developing, purposely developing, thinking about, aiming towards these three
0: qualities. Okay. So usually, you know, there's a standard way they're listed, not any necessary ordering, but usually priest, prophet, king. So again, we alluded to what it doesn't mean, particularly for the laity, to what our priesthood isn't the royal priesthood, a universal priesthood, but what is it positively? Right. right.
1: So uh with the priesthood again, uh that it is a spiritual offering of our own daily sacrifices in life in union with the one sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. And this is something that I have to do as a priest, even even though I'm offering the this the unbloody sacrifice of the mass, I still have to make my own personal spiritual offerings. In my uh, in my own Christian life,
0: but that's one of the interesting things to me that you, that that those who are ordained, it's not you're not dispensed from those which we as lay faithful share, and you you still retain those responsibilities. Right, um, you have. The, the new ones for lack of a better word right now that you take on with, with ordination.
1: And just as, uh, you have the new responsibilities to your spouse, to your children, as God provides them to you that come on top of, in addition to your baptized responsibilities.
0: Right. So I, you know, I, the, um, that, that we offer everything, the, the spiritual sacrifices. I think uh, Paul's letter to the Romans maybe is where he, where he talks about that. But the other thing, the catechism actually dives into each one of these uh, w- with regard to the lay people. So if, if somebody wants to look this up, um, and Father and I are gonna comment a bit on, on some of what the, the church teaches in the catechism, but it's 901 and following where you get uh, several pages where the catechism talks about what does this mean for each one of the lay faithful, how we live this out. And and Father, one of the things that I really like, uh, this is in 901, uh, how everything, this is the, for the lay faithful, how we, we exercise that royal priesthood, literally everything that we do can be offered to God as a spiritual sacrifice. Uh, f- this is this is quoting from Vatican II, for all their works, prayers, and apostolic undertakings, family and married life, daily work, relaxation of mind and body. body, if they are accomplished in the spirit... All these become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Indeed,
1: even the hardships of life, if, if patiently, patiently borne.
0: So, so even and I just think relaxation of mind and body. I mean, if I, if again, if I have the proper frame of mind, if I'm thinking about right, even when I'm relaxing, that is an exercise. Can be an exercise of my priestly ministry, so to speak.
1: And that these, uh, it's, it goes on to say in the celebration of the Eucharist, these may most fittingly be offered to the Father along with the body of the Lord. And so in the Mass, there's the line where Father says to you, um, uh, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. So there, the my sacrifice is the sacrifice that I'm making as a ordained priest, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, present again in an unbloody way in the Mass, and your sacrifice is that sacrifice of your daily living, your baptized priesthood by which you offer the whole of your life to God.
0: I think sometimes if people, if people have thought about that before, the, the the natural thing which many people do think of is, well, the the, the collection that, that right. was just offered, but it's not talking. Again, that go, that's going back to what you said earlier, and it's including that, mm-hmm. but it's much more than that. It's much more than that. It's offering all those sacrifices. And,
1: and with the way the catechism goes on here, worshiping everywhere by their holy actions, the laity consecrate the world itself to god right so that you know uh has anyone ever uh, just think for a moment listener has anyone ever sat where you've sat right now in the moment you've sat or stood no and you have the opportunity right now to offer that moment in union with christ on the cross to the glory of god the father by the holy spirit you can offer and consecrate that moment in a way that no one in time ever has or ever will ever ever be able to do again in the reality of time and space and you can do that and that's part of your priestly role and identity
0: because you are baptized into christ we can offer this with his supreme sacrifice on the cross
1: yes and you can make it uh efficacious in that way through your participation in
0: uh the mass and you know and you highlighted the part actually which i had skipped and the father went back about the hardships you used to hear more and I think it's coming back but offer Probably it up um, and that, and for whatever reason, that, that, that I, the at least the verbiage went away. Uh, but but you're hearing it more and more that we can offer up our struggles, the the day, the sacrifices that we we all encounter in life, mm-hmm. little or great, we can offer those because they become salvific.
1: And not just we can, we should, we should right? Because in those moments, you actually consecrate the world itself in that moment to God through Christ by the Holy Spirit.
0: Our suffering, uh, it, it can be meaningless if we allow it to be. But if we, if we offer it to God, it becomes meaningful. Um, and so, so that's that's again. There's more in the Catechism you can read about. But Father, let's move on to the prophetic office.
1: Right. And so, the prophetic office. The way I was kind of thinking of it before was the idea of uh, knowing and discerning the teaching of our day and age, and measuring them against the teachings of of christ so uh so the, the primary level that is, is is knowing and engaging the things of this day okay um and so and in the catechism it talks a bit about the idea of an intellectual formation and giving witness uh to uh uh the faith in the midst of the world in the sense of the prophetic of uh, the prophetic
0: and, that's something, and it's something that we're all called to do. There's a, there's a, in, in 904, in the Catechism, there's a quote which comes from St. Thomas Aquinas, the mm-hmm. great medieval Dominican um, priest, theologian. St. Thomas wrote, to teach in order to lead others to faith is the task of every preacher, okay, yeah, father, mm-hmm. so, and of every believer. Each believer each believer quibble thank you yes i looked away uh, to teach in order to lead others to faith is the task of every preacher and of each believer so to te- so we're all called not again not just priests not just religious we're all called to teach in order to lead others to faith so that's something that, that that we're all called to do and that i mean going back to what you were saying that's being attentive to the world around us uh, the, the what's going on in the culture around us what what what, what we what we're being exposed to so to speak and then in particular to the needs and and sort of the spiritual state so to speak of the people who are around me
1: and of to actually weigh and measure it too and this kind of goes this certainly goes against the relativism of our day which says that i can't weigh or measure these things but actually no you have a responsibility a duty to weigh and to measure the image for me comes in my mind of daniel with a hand on the wall the disembodied hand that writes right. on the wall as uh uh king uh, uh balthazar i think or nebuchadnezzar Nebuch- is nebuchadnezzar is uh defiling the temple vessels from jerusalem and uh, mene tekel perez uh, you, have been fa- you have been weighed, found wanting, and will be given given away. And so, um, now of course, I mean, not every lay person probably can weigh and judge these things all on their own, but it is, it is part of that duty to attempt it and to try it and to seek out those uh, priests, theologians, parishioners who are a little more pious than you to seek out their advice and help in that.
0: Right, but but this is something that we're called to, and we are equipped and empowered again by our baptism to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's latent; it's a capacity we're given, which needs, as you were just saying, it needs to be formed and developed, and so on. But 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 the grace is there for us to draw on.
1: Is a real and, and there's a need for it in the world. We can't just stand by and say, ah, oh, you know, it's not my area of expertise, or I can't really know, or I can't impose. No, we we, we need to be out there in that way.
0: And you know, and and this is. Again, just a reminder, we've talked a lot about evangelization before. Um, what we're proposing is the, corresponds to the needs of the human heart. Yes. We're not proposing you know, opinion or ideology. We're proposing gospel truth. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind as well, that, that, that even though we resist because we're sinners, part of us, the deepest part of us, this, these truths will resonate with other people as we're sharing them. Right.
1: The repetition of simple truth is effective. The repetition, the repetition of simple truth is effective. The what? repetition of simple truth is effective.
0: That's what I heard somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, Father, then that, that last one, um, priest, prophet. king King. so i think this is in particular you talked about you know we think of authority and scepter and so on so what does that mean how do we live this out so does this mean i'm you know so i can go home to my wife and you know it's good to be the king it's good what does this mean again that again the phrase you used before the spiritual posture of the heart what does it mean to interiorly live out the fact that i am joined to christ who is king of the universe I love the way they phrase
1: it in 908 of the Catechism. Uh, By his obedience unto death, and we never hear enough things about obedience, by the way, Christ communicated to his disciples the gift of royal freedom so that they might, by the self-abnegation of a holy life, overcome the reign of sin in themselves.
0: The self-what?
1: Self-abnegation, so a self-negation, self-emptying. Okay. So through denial of the self, uh, that is... That's necessary for a holy life. Then the reign of sin, because who's the ruler of your heart? Is it sin or is it Christ? Right. Or is it still a battleground? Right. Right. If it's still that battleground, we're still trying to win the victory so that Christ, the King Himself, may be enthroned in our hearts.
0: And so, I, I, I the thing as I look at this again, the, the, what strikes me. Christ communicated his disciples the gift of royal freedom. So it's you know, I can't win that battle on my own, but Jesus, by my baptism, Jesus has given me the gift of that royal freedom so that I can be victorious in that battle in my heart. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and, then, and, and to be cultivating of that and seeking that, and that's where the disciplines, and again, if you think about a king exercising judgment or rule in that way, is that he is uh, uh, offering discipline and applying discipline, in that sense, to his subjects for the sake of the well-ordering of his kingdom. So you yourself, over your own person, your own intellect, will, your imagination, uh, applying rule and guidance uh, for the good ordering of the kingdom of your own uh, self.
0: And then as we talked at the very beginning, that manifests itself externally. So we, as all Christians, but talking in particular about the laity here, we are called um, by, by overcoming that struggle within our heart then that leads us, this is 909, uh, to so remedy the institutions and conditions of the world when the latter are an inducement to sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes on from there. So we are to conquer our own hearts, but then conquer the world for Christ
1: right and and with that then also comes the idea of a a kingly care for all the subjects of the king and so we should share in Christ the king's own love and care for all of his subjects right in a sense undoing uh the phrase of Cain of course going all back to Genesis and Cain and the first uh murder the the fratricide he says Him. am i my brother's keeper yes Yes, you are. Yes, and so this is part of that kingly office: is to be have a shepherd's concern, a king's concern, uh, for all subjects. Even though you're not the king, you're not the ruler, you're not in that sense uh, that that full ruler, but you should share in his concern uh, for all. Those who are his subjects.
0: And then that, what Jesus said about, you know, love your enemies. I mean, ultimately, you know, the the, the powers, the dem- demonic powers are the, are the only enemies we truly have. Everyone, everyone else is the walking wounded, as sometimes it's Who needs to be reached out to,
1: evangelized, loved, cared for, uh, to meet them and know them in their place, to try them, call them to the place of Christ, as it says there, to remedy the institutions and conditions of the
0: world uh, that are an inducement to sin. Absolutely. So so re- read this, re-listen to the podcast, live out your baptismal call. And with that, we will draw this episode to a close. Again, past episodes are online, www.sfcatholic.org. Email me with ideas for future episodes, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org.
1: Until next time, dear listeners, my mighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.